Well, this afternoon, we're going to be getting our live update, as we heard there in the news, about what's been going on with COVID-19. For more on that, let's uh, talk to Richard Zussman, our global news reporter over in Victoria. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Simi. I imagine, I'm good, thank you. I imagine one of the big topics today is going to be number of vaccinations that were done, because this has really come into some criticism right across the country. Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, confusion and questioning around how vaccinations have been distributed over the last few days, not just in British Columbia, but across the country. In Ontario, uh, there's going to be a press conference uh, in about an hour and 30 minutes. Uh, Former General Rick Hillier is leading the vaccine task force there. uh, And it's expected that he'll acknowledge that Ontario has fallen behind in terms of distribution uh, and will uh, vow to start speeding up distribution. Uh, In British Columbia, there have been questions around why the decision was made to give a number of uh, frontline workers time off, those distributing the vaccines on Christmas Day and going short-staffed after Christmas rather than go full bore and vaccinate as many people as possible. Uh, The explanation is clearly that, you know, these workers are taxed and they need the time off as well. But others are saying, well, we need to get people vaccinated as quickly as possible uh, as we head towards hopefully the Moderna vaccine, uh, which is a little bit different than the Pfizer vaccine, arriving uh, as soon as this week. Uh, the priority should be getting people uh, vaccinated as quickly as possible. And so it's going to be interesting to see how jurisdictions respond with you know, pressure that, you know, Mm -hmm. we need to keep doing it. Yes, we're getting people vaccinated, but we need to do it more quickly. We know that it's frontline workers predominantly who are getting vaccinated now. And as the Moderna vaccine arrives, that will be long-term care residents start getting vaccinated. And that is the key demographic, because as we know, those are the people that are dying of the virus. Yeah, I think it just is uh, mind boggling to some of us to think that we waited for this vaccine for a year and it just kind of sat there over the weekend in a lot of cases. Yeah, and I think that that is worrisome uh, in some regards. That we, I thought, and and many thought that the second it would be here, it would be people would be clamoring to get yeah. to it. Every single person that was eligible uh, would be there on the first day and waiting until they got the vaccine in their arm. And that doesn't seem to be the case. That it seems to be a more gradual process uh, in Northern Health where they are having real, real struggles. You know, there were some cases where the vaccination clinics were closed for days. And that is one of the hot spots in the province now. And the thought would be the more people you can get vaccinated immediately, you can start easing some of the pressure, especially in those problem areas, long-term care homes uh, and in hospitals where the people getting vaccinated now work. So you're right, Simi, I think it's a little bit of a disconnect. So we'll hear the response from Dr. Henry and Adrian Dix today around that strategy and and what, if anything, BC is going to do. We know that in many regards, British Columbia has been very slow to respond to criticism around decisions. And so we'll see if there's any um, concession that maybe BC should be speeding up or 
more likely here or confidence in the way that things are working now and uh, reiterate uh, what the plan has been uh, or will be moving forward. Okay, you mentioned the Moderna vaccine there as well. So that's going to go, did you say, to long-term care homes specifically? Yeah, so that is the priority. So the way that vaccine uh, is easier to move than the Pfizer vaccine. So the Pfizer vaccine has a number of concerns around thawing and movement and and spillage. And so it needs to be distributed in a common site where those getting the vaccine need to come. Uh, That works for people who work in long-term care and work in emergency rooms, but doesn't work for residents who aren't allowed to leave the long-term care homes. uh, Eventually, the Pfizer vaccine will be able to be moved once they figure out those protocols, but we're not there yet. The Moderna vaccine can move now and be brought directly into long-term care. So it looks like the Moderna vaccine that arrives first in BC will almost entirely be prioritized for those long-term care homes and start getting residents vaccinated. And the timeline on the Moderna distribution uh, has been a little bit muddied. It was supposed to be here you know, today, potentially at some point this week, it's unclear exactly when it will arrive. We know it's already in the territories, which was, again, a huge priority for uh, the federal government is it's harder, obviously, to distribute the vaccine uh, in the three territories. And so they're starting to get Moderna vaccine right. there first, and it will go to the larger provinces where the distribution uh, is slightly easier next. So uh, that will we'll hopefully get an update on the timeline of that uh, from Dr. Bonnie Henry today. Okay, because it sounds like it's going to be a very um, busy briefing coming up this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that's what happens when you uh, have six days off. Yeah. There's been a lot of things that are happening, and we haven't even mentioned the variant yet. So we have that one case for sure of the variant here. The province telling me yesterday that uh, they expect that there will be multiple cases of the variant over the next few weeks. And that very well could lead to additional restrictions. You know, experts I spoke to yesterday about this, and I I asked about, you know, a few different scenarios. People hear this variant is here and it spreads more easily. And the first question that popped into my head is like, what does that tangibly mean? So if you are at a social gathering, which we know are banned, uh, and hypothetically one person has the variant of COVID and walks into a room of 10, will eight people get COVID rather than with the other version of COVID, just six? Or does it mean that it spreads more easily environments that we think are safe? Like if you go to the grocery store or walk on the beach with a friend. Uh, And the expert I spoke to said, based on the valuation in UK, it seems like it's both. And and that is going to be concerning to people that if in situations we believe we are safer, like going grocery shopping, uh, that it's now higher risk, uh, no doubt there will be additional measures. And one of those measures may be, you know, stricter protocols around uh, travel uh, and around the quarantine. We know that the individual who's back here from the UK went into quarantine, but we also know that they had a few close contacts who have also been isolated. And we have no details on who those people are. Were they out in the community? Could they have passed on the virus asymptomatically? So all of those things will be raised as well. Okay. And I also noticed that on Twitter, you've been doing your year-end kind of people voting on the big stories, right? Um, yep. I don't even know how you decide. So I was I can't decide some of them. I thought, wow, how do we decide which story is bigger than another? Because all of them seem so big this year. 
Yeah, and it's like, you know, if it's a COVID story or an election story or something else, I think it's more just out there to have a conversation about the year that we've had. It was interesting for me uh, to go through the archives and look at all these moments, even just separating out, you know, what is a COVID story? And, you know, some of the things I hit on is like thinking back to the beginning of the spread of the virus and that uh, dental conference that took place in Vancouver right. and the impact that that had, you know, as well as that decision to um, stop scheduled surgeries, uh, supports for renters. So if you want to play along, you can go on Twitter and do so. And at some point in the next few days, I'll have, you know, a list of all of these stories up on the Global BC website. You know, I, I do this every year, Simi, and this uh, year has been a little bit different obviously normally there's you know sort of listed 10 to 12 stories of the year i think this year i came up with a list of 40 and because, <laughs> you know, that was the impression that i got reading through your list too where i was like i don't even how do you narrow this down i don't know how you even start to narrow it down and and there's some things that could be the biggest story in another year clearly the Wet'suwet'en protests and yeah. blockades you know could have been like a top story of a decade and and has become in some senses based on the timing and afterthoughts you know even just the events that unfolded through an election you know having you know john horgan win a sweeping majority controversies involving a bunch of candidates like laurie thronis and jane thornthwaite and nathan cullen uh to andrew wilkinson quitting post-election it, it, it's just it's been and it's very easy at this point of the year to put your head in the sand and say enough is enough. Like yeah, I don't no want to think about this anymore. I don't want to read about these stories anymore. Let's just move on to the next one. Uh, so it, it's, but if you do want to take your head out of the sand for a little bit before the end of the year, uh, it is there for you to read about and just sort of reflect on what we have all been through. And some of these moments will have had a larger impact on your lives and True. some will have had no impact on your lives, but they were all things that happened in this province that, you know, deeply impact so many of us from car insurance changes to strata yeah. insurance yeah. to, uh, you know, the massive switches around schools due to the pandemic. I think there's four or five school related stories out of the 40 varying from, you remember when the BCTF actually signed a long term deal without a strike? Oh, yeah. You know, that, <laughs> so, so it's one of those things it's sort of a walk down memory lane that you're not really sure you want to go on but when you're there maybe you stop and see one or two things that you were like oh i remember that okay so when we talk to you on thursday then we're going to be able to narrow down that list yes absolutely okay. so we're in the final 32 now so it's early but on thursday we'll have a better sense of of what the top story of the year uh based on those voting in the twitter poll uh are saying all right love it thank you so much richard yeah thanks to me have a great day